Welcome to an audio stream from San Marino Community Church, featuring our own pastoral staff and various guest speakers. The scripture this morning is from Luke 2, 1 through 7. Will you pray with me? Wonderful God, we pray only that we would be present to your word. And not just the word that we see written, not that the, just the word we hear, but the word that beats deep, deep into our bones and into our heart. The word of your love, the word of you as our creator. The word that encompasses and consumes us because we belong to you. And we pray all of these things in the name of Christ. Amen. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver the child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in bands of cloth, and laid him in a manger, so that no place for them, because there was no place for them in the inn. I grew up in the desert, as some of you know, and it was a, the kind of desert that was surrounded with high sand dunes and the kind of desert where all the water came in through really intricate and complicated highway of canals, which we swam in all the time. And during the summer, the sun would beat down relentlessly. We used potholders to open the, our car doors The streets would grow sticky with tar, sidewalks were cracked, and the locusts were so loud that it was deafening in the summer. When I was around nine years old, I went out to play with our usual snack my mom sent with us, which was an ice cube, salted, wrapped in a paper towel, kind of like a salt lick, you know, for, uh, for, so that when we were outside in that heat, we wouldn't uh, dehydrate. So one day I was around nine and I was playing and I was kind of skipping down the sidewalk. And the sidewalk, if you can imagine, was a a very, you know, all the sidewalks were broken up and and just battered by weather. But there were some sidewalks that were just bulging with tree roots. And you can imagine what that looks like. And so I was skipping along, hurrying to be with some of my friends. And all of a sudden I just stopped in my tracks. Because right in front of me, in a little tiny crack, when I looked around and everything was brown because the sun had burnt it and, and killed it, I looked down and there was this tiny little pink flower growing up out of the sidewalk. And I bent down, and I think probably if you would have seen me from a distance, you would have thought I was praying. But I bent down to look closely at this little flower, I could hardly believe that something so beautiful and so perfect could grow in this kind of environment. 
When I began to read again the Christmas story, that memory is the memory that rose up for me inside. That memory of that beautiful, tiny, fragile flower coming up out of such a hostile environment, a hostile and inhospitable environment. It reminded me of this story. Mary and Joseph lived in harsh and hostile times. It was a hostile and uninhabitable almost environment. They were occupied by the Roman army that was known for their brutality, and it was very difficult for anything to thrive. And Mary and Joseph, like all the common Jews of that time, were stark, lived in stark poverty and at a subsistence humbling level. And it's important to me for you to get the picture of this holy family the way they probably were more than the way we want them to be depicted. We love the, the icons. We love the Hallmark greeting cards with the perfect family, all clean and sanitized and nice with the, the baby Jesus in front of him. But listen, it was as strange a moment as me seeing that little flower breaking up out of this desolate environment. And Mary and Joseph, I want you to remember, on that evening, they didn't experience the herald of the angels. They didn't experience all the hosts of the, of the heavens opening up and announcing this wonderful thing that was going to happen to them. They didn't experience that. The shepherds did out in the field. That's what sent them running. What they experienced was a door slammed in their face. What they experienced was inhospitality when they needed a place to lay their head. What they experienced was no place when Mary was ready to give birth to her baby. They did not experience the soft and sterile picture of the Holy Family that we so love and then they had to make space for themselves among the stuff that belongs in a shed behind your house. And it's really only fit for the animals. And then, just like when I was running down that sidewalk in this desolate environment, this dark and harsh world, a tiny light comes into it. And it's a light that appears in the form of a, of a baby. And a baby so delicate, so fragile, so perfect. And yet with the strength to hang on and to endure and to face the impossible odds. To emerge out of the upheaval and the turmoil of the time. And the world stops. And I think that if you... If you stood from afar, you would think that the world stopped and was bending in prayer as they looked closely at this love that had entered into the world. The Christmas spirit is that hope that clings tenaciously in the hearts of the faithful. That's what Christmas spirit is. And it announces in the face of any Herod the world can produce and all the indoors slammed in our faces and all the dark nights of the soul that with God all things are possible. 
That's the good news. That even now unto us is born a child. So let me tell you the story about Jesus. The people of the earth walked in darkness. We were stumbling around. We were hurting each other, hating each other, hating ourselves. And the world cried out for God to do something. They waited for a Messiah, a Savior, and only God would send a little baby. And the child grew and began to question the way things were. That was the first thing. They found him in the temple questioning. Why do you say this when the scriptures say this? And then he grew and became a man and he moved through the day and through the world questioning. He began to question the system of kings and priests and marketplace. He began to question how there could be so many laying on the side of the road. He began to question why they weren't healing the sick, why they weren't providing. He began to lay out those questions. And he was called the new creation, the new covenant, the son of God who brought to all who would hear and all who would see and all who would understand change and new life. But kings and corporations and Tragically, sometimes churches of this world don't want to hear a new way to be. Sometimes we fight very hard to keep things the way they are as long as it's okay for us. They didn't like what they were hearing from him. He was hearing, if it's not okay for everybody, it's not okay for you. It's got to be okay for everybody. And so they killed him. He who said, love one another, he who said, feed my sheep, they killed him. Just like they had killed all the prophets before because they didn't want to share and they didn't want to change. Now, the story, if it ended there, I would have to ask, so where's the good news in that? Honestly. But the story has never been about what we do. The story has always been about what God does. What God does in the face of our faithlessness. What God does in the face of our anxiety. What God does in the face of our violence. What, how God responds to us in the face of all that we do to hurt and, and, and eradicate everything good in the world. How does God What does God do with that? So it's always been about God. And this is the truth. God is a covenant-keeping God. That covenant, that word that God began from the very beginning when he left the garden with Adam and Eve and when he rode in with Noah and all of these covenants came into one being in the person of Jesus. And God never strayed from keeping God's end of those covenants. Never, not once, not in all of our faithlessness. Have you ever seen such a partner? Have you ever experienced such a one that would never let you down no matter what? No matter what you did? The good news is that in spite of our faithlessness, God is faithful and the story didn't end there, but Jesus Christ was resurrected. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believed in him should have life everlasting. We get another chance. We don't just have to sit with the way we were. Christmas comes every time we see God and other persons, the human and the holy, meet in Bethlehem and they meet in Times Square. Every time we encounter another person, for Christmas comes like a golden storm straight into Jerusalem, determinedly and inevitably. It will come no matter what. Even now, even now in this very moment, today in 2017, it comes in the face of hatred and bigotry and prejudice and warring. Christmas comes, no atrocity too terrible to stop it, no Herod strong enough to stop it, no hurt deep enough, no curse shocking enough, no disaster shattering enough. For someone on earth, someone will see a star. Someone will hear an angel voice. Someone will run to Bethlehem. Someone will know peace and goodwill because the Christ will be born. Later, after the angels, after the stable, after the child, they went back as we always must. We always have to leave Christmas and go back to the way things normally are. They went back to the world, and so do we, that doesn't understand our talk of angels and stars, and especially not our talk of a child. We go back complaining that it doesn't last long enough, and why doesn't it last longer? They went back singing, Alleluia. It's here. It's now. We do have to go back, but can't we do that too? When we go back to our normal world, can as Christians, we know that Christmas isn't a day, but it's a place, it's an attitude of your heart, it's a reality of our faith, that we go back every day and, and it's not just peace to you yesterday, but today I'm going to get you. It is this Jesus that was born changed me. I have been transformed. I am different. Because of Jesus. Each year the child is born again. I'm convinced of that. I hope the child is born anew for you every year. I hope that when Christmas rolls around, that you have this burgeoning sense of something is going to happen. Sometimes we, we think that what we have is just this, this, this yearly calendar of, well, we have a new year and we have a, a, a new way to start everything. I don't think that's true for us as Christians. I think that the hope that's rising up inside of us isn't because there's one day that the calendar changes. I think that the hope that rises inside of us is because every year we remind ourselves of this event. That this event is not an event that was one time, but it's an event that's ongoing. That Christ is born brand new inside of us all the time. Every time we do that random act of kindness. Every time we love beyond our ability to love. Every time we forgive when, when there's no reason to forgive. Every time we follow Jesus when we doubt the most. Every time we just surrender. Christ is born brand new. And that's where our hope comes from. Our, our hope and our peace and our love and our joy. 
Each year, some new heart, some brand new heart, finally hears, finally sees, and finally knows that they're loved. And the Christ child is born again when they know. And in heaven, there is great rejoicing, and there's a festival of stars, and there's a celebration among the angels for one lost sheep. The heart of the shepherd is made glad, and Christmas has happened once more. The child is born anew, and maybe, just maybe, if we look from the outside, it looks a lot like someone's knee is bowing. But it's not over this birthing. There are always newer skies into which God throws that star. Just when we begin to think that we can predict the advent of God, just when we think that we can fold up the stable and put it back in a box, that's just the time that God will be born in a place that we can't imagine and won't believe. Not for a second. Those who wait for God watch with their hearts and really not with their eyes and listening and always listening for those angels' voices. So my hope for you is that may you and your entire family experience the love that overflows this season. Truly, not just today, but every day. May you and your family experience good health in the year to come so that you can do the work of the Lord so that you can serve, so that you can love. May you each experience a widening in your capacity for mercy and compassion. And may you experience the gifts of a loving God as he gave us hope and peace and joy and love, all wrapped in baby blankets and laying in a manger. God has given us everything that we need to do the work of God. And what is the work of God? Two things. Love God. Love your neighbor as yourself. Two things. Let us be faithful in carrying out those things. And sometime when you're walking along a sidewalk and you see a small flower breaking through, think about Jesus breaking through into this world able to live and survive and thrive and live again. Pray with me, please. Wonderful God, you have given us everything. And with everything, we pray that we might do anything for you. Anything that your voice calls us to. Anything that you, that you have passion that the heart waits for. God, we know that this world is still a waiting place, that it still waits for, once again, your light to break and shatter the darkness that covers. And so we, as your light, go into the world. Let us shine brightly, loving you and loving each other on this blessed and wonderful, this wonderful remembrance of an event not long ago, but brand new, this moment, now. And we pray all of these things in the name of our wonderful Savior, 
Jesus Christ. Amen.